This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Gary Graham, Ambassadors of All in Star Trek. You're listening to Warp 5. How we doing, Trip? Ready when you are. Prepare for war. Course laid in, sir. Request permission to get underway. Let's go. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise podcast. I am, once again, your illustrious host, Brandy Jackala. And with me, as always, is Brandon Shamatala. Brandon, how are you this fine evening? How much is the doggy in the window? Woof, 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 woof. The one with the waggly tail. Woof, woof. <laughs> that was... Um... Were you trying to avoid copyright infringement with that tune? Woof, woof! <laughs> Something like that. Well, uh, I guess you're ready to talk about doggies and windows. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's great. And joining us also, as always, is Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have no idea how to follow that rendition of how much is the doggy in the window, so I'll just say hello. <laughs> What's new, Pussycat? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, <laughs> it's going to be a singing episode, apparently. Yeah, let's just forget the whole episode. We'll just sing a bunch of random songs. Oh, that's great. I love yeah, karaoke. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the teapot. Do you think they have <laughs> karaoke night? They got movie night. Do you think they have karaoke night on the Annex one That would be fantastic. That seems more like a Discovery thing to me. Yeah, maybe a Discovery thing. Yeah, maybe so, but... I mean, they definitely had like a know. 90s rap party going on, so... It wasn't all 90s. They were playing some Al Green in there. Come on. Don't even start with me. Don't even start. You're treading on my other purview here, and that's that's not okay, Patrick. No, I'm kidding. You go ahead and say whatever yeah, you want. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, tonight on a very special episode of Warp 5. I don't know why I keep doing that, but I do. We are going to talk about everybody's favorite beagle on a ship our little friend porthos yeah because porthos does not get the love that he should i mean everybody says oh i love porthos how much do you love porthos enough to do an entire podcast episode about him well that's how i feel we're gonna try <laughs> oh you don't even know there is so much information about porthos <laughs> i watched There's every so episode much. porthos was in over the last week to prepare for this you did not i did not no, you did not. There's no way you could. 
You would have to never have gone to work or slept in order to get all that in. I watched exactly zero this week. Yeah. I debated Shameful. watching every episode, but that's because I just didn't want to go to work. That's a good reason. Yes, watching Star Trek is always a good excuse to not go to exactly. work, I think. But my boss doesn't see it the same way. So so our our little friend Porthos, he was one of four puppies in a litter. And Porthos and his brothers were, of course, named after the four main musketeers, main four musketeers from the Alexandre Dumas novel, The Three Musketeers. So, of course, there was Porthos, Athos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan. And he and his brothers were born to a female dog that was owned by the mother of one of Archer's ex-girlfriends. Awkward. But he loved that dog so much that when she got pregnant, ex-girlfriend's mom called Archer and said, hey, I'm going to let you have one of these puppies. And thus, Porthos began his life with Captain Jonathan Archer. Is this information that's from the show? Well, actually, yeah, that uh, information was in the show because it was in the episode A Night in Sick Bay. Oh my goodness. Where Archer tells that story about how he got Porthos because th that whole episode is about him trying to get some sleep while also worrying about whether Porthos is going to survive the night. So And being attracted to T'Pol. And having dreams, frustrations of a sexual nature, dreams about T'Pol. <laughs> so when you're in a stressful situation, you know, I wish that more of my frustration dreams were kind of in that nature instead of not being able to enter a phone number on my phone. So those are my frustration dreams is, oh, oh I can't find this room I'm supposed to go to. Oh, I'm late for work and I can't seem to get out of this house. Yeah, I would much rather have a sexual frustration dream, to be honest. Just jump in here on frustration dreams. Has anyone seen the meme with the water pouring out of the outlet and you don't know who to call, a plumber or an electrician? Has anyone seen that on no. Facebook? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, the electrical. So I actually have that dream quite regularly now that I've unfortunately <laughs> seen that because I am an electrician and I hook up wires and I plug something in and then water goes everywhere. And I don't know what to do because I'm not a plumber. <laughs> oh, no. So you still call one. Yeah. If you don't know what to do, then you clearly don't call an electrician. <laughs> You call a plumber. Yeah, I would think that you couldn't do anything about the electricity part of it until you do something about the plumbing part of it, because electricity and water don't mix well. I open it up to see what happened with my wires, and they're gone. It's a horrible dream. Oh, There's no. just a pipe that with is water. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. It's horrible. It's terrible. I wake up in night sweats. <laughs> oh, that's... That is difficult. And I walk around the job the next day going, no, that's still right. No, that still works. Okay, good. This isn't real. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a frustration dream this morning that I was trying to make sure that my husband was awake to go to work because he changed schedules this week because of training. And I'm just wandering around the house in my night clothes, and there are it's not really our house, and it's got all of these staircases, which at the time would have been very painful for me to go up and down because of a back problem. And yeah, so it was me wandering around and seeing weird people in my supposed house and uh, lots of opening doors and saying, oh, oh, I didn't realize you were in here. <laughs> wow. What is it, Sebastian? <laughs> Sorry. Eddie is our joke. Sorry. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> Could not help myself. <laughs> so like, back to our favorite beagle. So... There was a bit of uncertainty amongst the crew, especially where T'Pol is concerned, as far as bringing a dog onto a warp vessel 
You know, but I don't think anything short of death could have separated Archer from that beagle. I mean, he really, really loves that little dog. No, he would have taken that beagle before he took anyone else. That is true. I agree with that completely because he just... It's such, he's such a cute dog. Now, I, I have always loved beagles, but there's just something about having a beagle on a starship that makes Porthos that much cuter. Am I just imagining things? Well, let me ask you this. That's a beagle. Like, is that a full-grown beagle, or is that thing a puppy for, like, four years? Because that thing is pretty small. No, that's a full-grown beagle. Is it really? Yeah, beagles are not, beagles are not big. Okay. Yeah, they get to, like, 20 pounds. Yeah. Like they, are, they are wee dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's probably another reason why they would be more suitable for life on a starship than, say, a Rottweiler. I love Mirror Porthos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mirror Porthos. I, I don't like him as much. Yeah. I, I like real Porthos. <laughs> yeah. Now, Porthos was played by more than one dog over the years. There was a dog named Prada, who was a male, who played Porthos through season one. And they brought in another dog named Breezy because Prada wasn't as playful and Breezy was more playful. And so in situations where they wanted Porthos to be begging or playing or, or you know, doing any of those cute doggy things, they usually brought in Breezy instead to the point where after season one, they just had Breezy and then they brought on another dog named Wendy, both of whom were females, Breezy and Wendy. So not that we have ever got a good enough look at Porthos's undercarriage to be able to tell that those were female dogs. And sometimes... In certain situations, because of laws in place to protect animals, uh, they couldn't have the animals for as long as they needed them. And sometimes there were very creatively used stuffed dogs for certain scenes. Can you pick them out? Because now I have to rewatch all of Enterprise to see if I can tell. I don't think I could tell. Uh, there was one definitely in... Uh, I don't think they used a real dog when they drowned him in a night no, in No, no, that was, that was an animatronic dog. <sighs> okay, definitely. good, yeah, I, could, I picked that one yeah. out. But I gotta ask, these dogs, Breezy and what were they? Windy. Do you think those dogs farted a lot? <laughs> Too much cheese? I don't know, but Windy, you know. Maybe they just came that from reminds Chicago. Me of, yeah, I don't know. Well, and it is spelled W-I-N-D-Y for Wendy, so it's definitely Breezy and Wendy do go together, except, you know, now I'm reminded of this song that I'm not going to start singing. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. It's playing in my head right now, and I'm not going to do it. Okay. Well, I got a question. Do you guys think that it's a believable thing that Archer is this dog lover? I do, because... He doesn't have a steady girlfriend, so he needs he needs something animated to pour all his attention onto. Well, neither does Picard. Yeah, but he has a fish. Yeah, and Picard doesn't seem like the dog type. No, but dogs are extremely social and affectionate animals, and they want to do anything they can to please their humans, and that makes them extremely loyal companions. And, you know, Archer is going out into the great unknown with a bunch of people he doesn't know very well yet. I mean, yeah, he knows Trip, and yeah, he knows Hoshi and some other people, but he's got no previous experience with DePaul or a lot of the crew. And I think that Porthos is that one touchstone that is like a comfort thing for him. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, he, he knows that Porthos is always there for him. 
But we do realize that Starfleet eventually outlaws dogs for some reason because Janeway couldn't bring hers. Well, it depends on what kind of dog it was. No, Janeway didn't bring hers because Molly was pregnant. Oh, that's right. <laughs> all right. I know my Voyager. So I, I'm wrong. I watch them all. Fine. I was trying to be smart. <laughs> that failed. <laughs> we love you, Patrick. <laughs> so... Anyway, there are so... Uh, do you want me to just go down the list of all of the episodes that Porthos is in? Because uh, there are a lot more than I think people realize. Well, pick probably, a few. We, yeah, there was a long, it was a long list. He's, he's in it quite a bit. Yeah, you could probably actually name the ones he's not in much quicker. Yeah. Actually, I think I can do this pretty fast. So I'm just going to go down the list really, really fast. Season one, Broken Bow, Fight or Flight, Strange New World, Unexpected, Terra Nova, Fortunate Son, Cold Front, Silent Enemy, Dear Doctor, Acquisition, Oasis, he was mentioned but not seen, Voxola, Fallen Hero, Desert Crossing, Two Days and Two Nights, and Shockwave. So basically all of season one. Season two. Dead Stop, A Night in Six Bay, The Seventh, Singularity, The Catwalk, Dawn, only mentioned again, Cogenitor, and The Expanse, only mentioned. Season 3, Anomaly, Raijin, Twilight, Similitude, Carpenter Street, Chosen Realm, Doctor's Orders, Hatchery, Azadi Prime, Damage, The Council, Countdown, Zero Hour. Season 4, Stormfront, The Forge, only mentioned. Daedalus, Babel 1, Affliction, Divergence, and These Are the Voyages. And a partridge in a pear tree. tree. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, totally appropriate. <laughs> Nobody knows all the words to that song, but they sure know the five gold rings. And no matter where you are in the neighborhood, if you hear the song, you go running to the person singing it and yell that part. Just yep. the way it works. That's always how it works. Oh, no, I hear five coming. It's down the block. I got to go. <laughs> so. uh, this really is going to be an episode of singing. Mm, it's even yeah. in the Canadian Bob and Doug McKenzie, it's five golden toques. Yeah. Four pounds of back bacon, three, three French, French toast, toast, two turtlenecks, and, and a, a beer. beer in a tree. A beer in a tree? Yeah, because I have the Great White North album, yeah. And I Take listen off. To, to the Great White North. <laughs> Take off! It's a beauty way to go! Sorry. Five <laughs> bucks is five Getty bucks, Lee. I mean, eh? <laughs> Oh boy! Oh my goodness! Oh, she's wow, in, she's basically Canadian. She's from Utah. <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm I'm basically Canadian. <laughs> so, I I love Canada. Never been there. I have. Uh, never been I there. Like, like only Niagara well, Falls, you, but that counts. Yeah, that counts. You're you're in New York. You're close to it. I, however, am not. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> what am I? I'm like a nine-hour okay. drive. <laughs> but we got to talk I'm, about the other Porthos mention, right? Yes, let's talk about Mirror Universe Porthos. No, the other one. There's a third. Oh, you mean the the third? The one that appears in mentioning in 2009 Star Trek? Yeah. Mm, well, it was never confirmed that that was Porthos. He just However, said prize beagle. So my assumption yeah. is that he just loved beagles so much that he just kept having a beagle and he just kept getting a beagle. That's what I always assumed. I never assumed it was actually Porthos. Well, but why not? You know, I... I didn't either. Dogs but don't in, live in, that long. Yeah, but neither did humans then. Humans yeah. may have lived at that time. They may have lived that right, long. Right, so but why dogs... would... Okay, I, I said that because wrong. Because dogs, like, let's say even right now, <laughs> dogs live like 10% of the life of a human. They're, so if you're doubling the length and their dog is still living 10%, it's only going to live double, not like as long as a human. Who knows? And plus, they could they could have cloned them. I know. Why? No, they could have bred him. No, they could have, but I don't like that. I like 
Porthos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, they could have. Porthos could have had a son that was also named Porthos. Porthos the second. But they didn't call him Porthos. They just said. They just said Price Beagle. So. It could have been named anything, but I still like, I actually agree, but I want it to be Porthos. Well, fine. It's like Porthos the 12th. Yeah. Okay. In your head, Patrick, it's Porthos. All right. No, I I mean, I do agree. It probably was just some lineage down the line of Porthos. But yeah, so whatever. I I still like saying Porthos because it actually drives people crazy that I think a dog would live 130 years. Drives me crazy. Yep. So I'm going to keep saying it, pushing buttons. (laughs) Well, you know, when, when you think of it that way, if dogs lived that long... You know, what if the human dies? Then you have to will that dog to somebody else. But look how cute Porthos was. So I'll take him. I'm sure that you would. But what what would the emotional effect be on that dog outliving their human? Yeah, poor puppy. Okay, so yeah. since you bring this up, okay, so somebody posted that they took Carrie Fisher's dog to the movie theater to show The Last Jedi to the dog. And the dog, like, perked up and, like, had an emotional response every time Leia was on screen. And I'm like, of course it did. She loved that dog and took it everywhere. But what kind of a horrible thing is that to do to a dog to be like, oh, here's your dead owner. There it is. Just kidding. Like, I don't Man, I don't understand why somebody would do that. That's terrible. Yeah, but the dog would know that that's not his owner because he wouldn't be able to smell her. So he would know that that's not really her. Yeah, but it'd be confusing for the poor animal. Yeah, it probably would be, but it's such now a Now you have dog. me thinking like I'm a dog here trying to figure out if I would like or dislike seeing my owner on a TV screen. So so going back, but, but uh, to take that another step, let's just say, because... Hold on, this is actually a valid point. Hold on. So I believe you. My dad died when I was young, but I'm a human, so I can actually rationalize TV from real life, right? Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Brandon's, I guess, asserting that dog doesn't, and Brandy's asserting that it does because it can't smell her. Who knows? Um, I would rather see, I guess if I was a dog, I would rather see pictures of a loved one than not. True. I would rather, my my dad uh, passed away in 2005, and I would rather have pictures of him around the house and uh, up on my poster board wall of people that are gone that should still be here. And instead of just never seeing him again. Yeah, but we're people and we can rationalize this. This is a dog that can't rationalize that. I mean, I know that there's going to be like 50 people typing in the Babel Conference right now saying, my dog can drive my car and do math problems. I'm not the smartest dog. Like, no, okay. Sad truth is if you drove around my neighborhood, you'd think they were dogs driving. It's so bad. (laughs) You would hope they'd let their dogs drive. That's all driving in Utah. That is everyone in Utah. Nobody knows how to merge. Nobody knows how to signal. It's all. Oh, that's yeah. that little thingy yeah. on the side that no one uses, right? Yeah, the... your indicator. Yeah. yeah. The thing that you can touch without even taking your hand off the wheel. Yeah, yeah that thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they disconnect them yeah. if you enter New York State. <laughs> so, so I think the more mean part of this is they brought the dog to like a public movie theater. And now this poor dog's going through an emotional response to its owner in front of like a hundred other people. Yeah, but see, the thing is that dog was already conditioned and trained to be around large groups of people yes. because she was his, uh, he was her emotional support No, I dog. know, but I I don't want to be around a hundred people when I'm watching a video of my dad. Yeah, but again, <laughs> yeah, we're but people. You're a human and you can rationalize. I, I understand that, but I'm also, I, I, as well as I can rationalize this, I can also realize that I'm going to have an emotional response, which is what the dog's having, right? And something to be private, even for a dog? 
No. Have you seen them lick themselves? Yeah, they can lick their privates, so nothing's private. Then they can just shove their nose right up in yours, too, apparently. And that's okay. That's how they greet people. That's how they greet other dogs, is they smell their butts. It's like, who are you? Oh, yeah, that's who you are. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, well, this fine. is not Princess Leia the dog. This is Porthos the dog. You know what? I am always the one wandering down tangent lane, so it was refreshing that somebody else did it first this time. Sorry. And that was so. a good tangent. I'm sorry. Was way out there. No, no, no apologies. I'm Canadian. No Don't take it away from me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brandon, thank you for apologizing. Thank that you. Was very I'm sorry. kind and considerate. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and, and, and that's okay. I accept that. I accept your apology. <laughs> Shut up, New York. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, here's a little bit of background information as well for the generation of the gestation of the character. I don't know how you want to say it, but uh, the uh, there's a commentary track for Broken Bow on the Enterprise DVDs and Blu-rays. And Branham Braga says that he and Rick Berman always wanted to have a dog as a character that appeared regularly and had been worried that there would be a backlash against their decision to finally include a dog in a Star Trek series. So because cats, cats are different. Cats are... Evil. Self, no. Yes. No. I have one in yes. And I have one in my, no. My, if I died in my house, my cat would just leave. Go find a new place no, to live. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Your cat would eat your face and first. And then leave. Then it would leave. Yeah. That, that would be then the definition of evil in my world. No, that is the definition of a cat knows how to survive on the streets, yo. Anyway. He's a rough street in New very, York. <laughs> they're a lot more self-sufficient. They don't crave affection, generally, in the same way that dogs do. And so they're a great kind of pet if you don't want to entertain an animal a lot. Because dogs need a lot of interaction. They need exercise. They need playtime. Um, sort of like a small child. Uh, to keep them, you know, their brains stimulated and to, you know, wear them out so that they'll stop yiping. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love dogs. In fact, I live next door to a giant mastiff, and I have never heard that dog bark once. Not once. Yeah. Well, it's it's the nicest dog I've ever met is this giant mastiff. His name is Max, and he is the sweetest, sweetest dog. But anyway, um, I don't know why they thought there would be backlash in having a dog in a Star Trek series. Why do you guys think that might be? Have you met any Star Trek fans? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what we were talking about. Of course. There may not have been, but of course they were worried about it because they're Star Trek fans. <laughs> Period. Yeah, End I of mean, story. They worried about doing anything because it's Star Trek. No, but part of the reason I think is what you said. I think the the bottom line is some people would be like, well, you can't really take care of a dog on a ship because it can't run around. And that would become a big issue. Yeah, but, how, but we know that Porthos does get out and... Uh, get around the ship because uh, whenever Phlox is taking care of Porthos, they're trotting around together. So Porthos does get his time out in the ship. It's just, it's a dangerous place for a dog to be. So you would really want to have them on a leash unless everybody is already in a, in a, in a coma in order to pass through this anomaly. Anyway, sorry. Best episode with Porthos. You know, I really did enjoy that episode. 
But then I never, that's a double negative. I always enjoyed seeing Porthos, even if it was just for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. It made me happy. And besides, Porthos got to go to Risa. Come on, got to run on the beach, meet another dog that he hated. Come on. Got some little doggy action. And what dog doesn't like hating another dog? <laughs> and that's so funny because Porthos such is, is such a happy little guy. And so to see him growling at anything that's not like, you know. He, he's also, he's, you know, he's tiny Napoleon complex. He's, he's, gotta, mm. he's gotta let it out there. Yeah, but other dog wasn't that big either. Anyway. Whatever. Maybe Porthos knew something that Archer didn't because that whole situation didn't go very well. In other words, go watch the episode Two Days and Two Nights. It was in season two, I think, that they started using prop dogs sometime. Okay. And for sure, one of them appeared in Twilight. In So if we want to go back and really try and see if we can spot the prop twilight is our best option there that one was in season sure. three though yes that one's in season three which we've already done our season three retrospective so i know mm -hmm. the dog that was used in a night in sick bay that was suspended in the uh the tank and uh the one resting inside the quarantine tank both of those were prosthetics and they were designed and constructed by joel harlow and very well done they were, I think, especially the one uh, inside the quarantine tank. Because you knew that that wasn't a real dog because you couldn't get a real dog to stay that still for that long. Right. But it was just really beautifully done. It it looked like a real dog to me. Yeah, it's definitely believable that, wow, how'd they get Porthos to sit in that tank and not drown? <laughs> but yeah, no, so obviously not a real dog and... I'm sure, oh, I don't know, back then, did they even give the whole, you know, no animals were hurt in the filming of this episode still in 2001? Was that still a thing? I'm sure it I was. I don't know if they did it. I'm sure that it was. I've never sat through all of the credits, so I would have to, I mean, I have sat through all of the credits, but I wasn't necessarily watching the credits at the time. It is possible that... It does say that at the end, and I just didn't notice it. Yeah, I don't because... know if that was still a thing. I don't know if that's still a thing now. Is that still a thing now? Oh, it is totally a thing now. Yeah, Tarantino was very proud of it. I just watched The Hateful Eight, and there was like a documentary on it, and he's like, I'm very proud that no animals were harmed during this movie, and he like put it right up close in the end credits and everything. So you, you assume they're not drowning dogs on that? I, I make a fair assumption, yeah. Nobody would do that on screen in this day and age. I don't think they'd even do that in the 60s, really. So probably but, not. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Probably uh, not. They have a hard time just making dogs swim at this point. So yeah. they're definitely not going to drown them. Um, yeah. In the fifties, totally. But sixties, no sixties were more enlightened time. I'm just, I'm kidding uh, about both of those things. So there is another thing about Porthos. He is one of only four characters that are outside of the main cast that appear in all four seasons of Star Trek Enterprise. Can you name the other three? Four outside of the main cast. Who's considered the main cast, though? Um, I can. Everyone who's in the main credits. And Brandon. Okay. Porthos is one of four. Okay. Who's outside of the main credits that appears every season? Saval, Shran. Yes. So you say Porthos, and then it's got to be um, uh, the Admiral. Um, nope. No? Okay. Um, mm -hmm. 
who would the last one be that's in all four seasons? Patrick, any idea? I got three of them. No, that's you picked good. the two easy ones already. Easy? <laughs> you grabbed up the easy ones. <laughs> Why are you going to be that way? I'll give you a hint. He shows up when you least expect it, often pulling Daniels. Archer away from something. Yes! Daniels. <laughs> oh, man. She said least expect I'm like, well, that's Shran again. What the heck? That's why I had to add a, dis- a, a yeah, qualifying yeah. statement to that. Cause... So, yeah, okay. yeah, I guess Daniels I'm... is at the start of season four. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, yes, he's he like see, episode two, I think, right? Yes. Or maybe the very beginning of one. I haven't watched those yet again. Well, you need to because I know. there's some really good things in there. It's really good things. So many good things. Okay, and... Apparently, there is a novelization of the episode The Expanse, which is the last episode of season two. And in that novelization, it's said that Porthos was originally given to Archer from Becky's mother, having been bred as part of one of her prize litters, and that she was also responsible for naming the dog as well as his brothers. So he was named Porthos, according to that, before he came to Archer. Okay. Well, that makes sense, though, because why would all four brothers have the same theming if Archer just named one of them. And uh, <laughs> these these are things I never knew about our dear little dog. The Star Trek Waypoint issue four story, The Fragile Beauty of Loyalty, uh, has Portho volunteering to travel back in time to Archer's childhood and rescue him after Archer falls through the ice following a temporal Cold War attempt to kill him before he reaches adulthood. Yeah, I got to read that comic. We covered it on Literary Treks when we covered uh, By the Book, which was the first original Enterprise novel. I don't know the episode number right off the top of my head, but we, we covered that comic book uh, as well at that time. And uh, yeah, it was, it's kind of cute. It's neat to see Enterprise in a comic, and I really wish they would have done more comics than what they did because it's only 10 pages this section of it because the waypoint comics had two short stories in them and so yeah this is only like a 10 page comic interesting and there's another literary reference uh patterns of interference which is an enterprise novel porthos dies in that novel due to old age in march of 2166 with archer at his side yes he does I don't like that That's one. the last yeah. Enterprise novel that's come out. Yeah. You don't like that one. Yep. I got to pick one for literary treks. Maybe it'll be that one. They've already covered it. Dang it. Yeah. Have they covered by the book? <laughs> I'll have to ask Bruce. I just did. I said, yeah, that's what I just did with him. <laughs> he did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did they cover the 10 pages of that comic? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. It's okay. Bruce has a spreadsheet, so he knows what's been covered. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the whole uh, Porthos being Archer's prized beagle. Screenwriter Roberto Orki was responding to a question on Twitter about whether this was Porthos and whether veterinary science had advanced enough for a dog to live over a hundred years. This would have been for O9. Um, yeah, and he said, yes. But the individual who asked the question pleaded for the writer to please say yes. So there's really not much credence we can lend to that. Please say yes. I believe him. I believe him. One other thing, one other cute thing about Porthos. In 2011, on April Fool's Day, uh, Porthos was interviewed by (laughs) StarTrek.com. How did that go? 
What is your favorite <laughs> well, food? Was... Roof. <laughs> it was definitely an April Fool's joke. And as as one of the April as an April Fool's joke goes, that's not a very mean-spirited one. I don't like the mean-spirited jokes. Those aren't funny. They're just mean. So, I I actually didn't mind that, but it is rather silly. I'm sort of over April Fools in general at this point. If, if social media has ruined that day anyway. Yeah. yeah. Social media has ruined a lot of things. Every year I got to hear about how the Yankees traded somebody important. Yeah. And every year Disney doesn't uh sell Coca-Cola anymore. What? That's the April Fool's joke. Oh, okay. Disney's had a long-standing contract with Coca-Cola, <laughs> so every year they release the same article, and 8 million people go, I can't believe this, how am I going to get my Coca-Cola now? Like, as if that's the end of the world for you anyway. And you have to point out, it's dated from, like, 1998. Porto April Yay. Fool's, boo. Boo. So, apparently there were also a lot of deleted scenes that featured Porthos. And uh, I'm sure, I hope, that they're on the extras in the Blu-rays and DVDs, which I do not own yet. <sighs> Birthday. Birthday's coming up, Mom. And sisters, <laughs> none of whom listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you just have to sneak this one on their phone. Yeah. Just uh, say, oh, hey, uh, oh, what's this? Oh, it's this episode of Warp 5 I did about Porthos. Let's have a listen. Oh, dog. Yeah, don't worry. This is the only one my wife's listening to. So speaking of birthday presents, uh, hon. Uh, so what's your favorite episode with a minute? I think Strange New World for me because I like seeing him jump out of the ship and like running around having fun. Come back to me. What's your favorite <laughs> Patrick. Uh, mine is the the one where they're all in the coma. Doc, doctor's orders. Oh yeah, when he's when he's running around. Yeah, doc. That's it. I couldn't think of the name off the top of my head, but yeah, doctor's orders because, like, it starts with him running through and Flock's trying to s- slow him down and stuff. I, I just I thought it was the perfect like beagle story. Those two are hard to top. I can tell you one of my favorite Porthos moments, although I don't think it was my favorite Porthos episode in Zero Hour, at the end of the episode when. Paul comes to Phlox and uh, talks about, you know, he asks how she's doing and that and it's, there's no trace anymore of Trillium in her system, but uh, she may never be able to regain all of her control over her emotions. And then she nods to Porthos, who's there in, in sickbay with Phlox, because who's the best person to take care of an animal than flocks. He takes care of so many. And he says, well, it's like your situation, it's a matter of time. just needs time. And she, she actually goes over to him and she says, you hear that? You're going to be fine. And she pets him. She pets that little <laughs> dog. And she seems to enjoy it. Still, she's still not very touchy-feely as far as actual physical touch. She's been around humans too long. <laughs> I don't think she would call it too long. But yeah, that, that for me was one of the most tender moments in all of Enterprise between a dog and another character. Is just That, just, that made me a little misty-eyed, guys. Just a little misty-eyed. I don't know. I think... There's so many moments. I, I, it's hard for me to pin down one specific episode. I love every moment where he's begging for cheese. Every single moment. See, uh, animals shouldn't have dairy. <laughs> Don't give cats milk or cream. It's not a good idea. <laughs> Same thing with cheese. Uh, and I, I know a lot of things, actually, that are not good for dogs because my older sister has a, a Sheltie. And she, uh, they definitely found out 
things that she cannot eat, lest there become a big mess later on. Oh, chocolate. Don't eat chocolate. No, chocolate will kill dogs stone dead. So I have a friend who doesn't believe that theory. Um, apparently that's just a theory. And uh, she feeds her 150-pound Roddy uh, bags of M&M's. Why? Constantly. And I'm like, you know that uh, it's the... Uh, there's bromine in chocolate, but it'll it'll actually kill a dog. And like, I have I have two little twenty pound dogs, right? I have these little um, ones seventeen pounds, ones twenty. They're cocker spaniels, and they got a piece of an M M&M and M once, not even a whole M M&M. and M. And that was the worst cleanup I've ever had to do around my house. Um, and she feeds bags of this stuff to her dog. I'm like, you're you're, you're like slowly poisoning him, and she's like, yeah, he's fine, it's okay. I do not understand that mindset. Now, I understand Archer giving Porthos a treat of cheese every now and again, but he's obviously not always giving the dog cheese, else T'Pol's nasal passages would probably be going off, even with the numbing agent. Because <laughs> she complained about the smell right. of Porthos. <laughs> yes, that's true, early on. In the and, first and episode. And humans, but at first, yeah. Yep. I mean, really, she doesn't like the smell of us either, so I exactly. Of, you know, deal with it. You're, just, you're stuck on a ship with smells you don't like. But that's what happens when you work with people for a long time. You begin to trust and respect them and you become a family. Bad smells and all. Bad smells and all. And she even stops taking the numbing agent because she becomes used to it. Yep. So yeah, I have trouble picking a specific episode because there's just so many lovely moments from all of them. But you're, you guys' you, you guys, you guys choices are so good. <laughs> And now so she's good. from Staten Island. You know, my name is Stella. <laughs> I'm from Staten Island. I watched Stat- a whole Staten Island. Staten Island. I watched a whole documentary where everyone talked like this, and I thought, I don't believe every people actually talk like this. They do. <laughs> I don't live anywhere near Staten Island. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> I I don't even drive through it. I, if I have to go south, I go around it the long way. Just to get the jersey. And they talk like that there, too, so. Because <laughs> <laughs> they all went from Brooklyn to Staten Island to Jersey. Jersey. Oh, my gosh. That suddenly takes me down another tangent, and I'm not even going to start it. Okay. We should probably do our final thoughts now. So, oh, is it already that so. time? I feel like we've hardly scratched the surface of our my favorite little beagle. A fine furry friend. Yeah. So, okay, well, uh, Brandon, why don't you start with your final thoughts about our little dog? I think it's interesting to have him around. It's it's a really neat addition to our Captain Archer, and it's it's kind of a cute addition. And I don't think it's 100% necessary, but it's fun to have. And it provides a new layer to a captain that we haven't had before. So that's why I like Porthos, and that's why I like him in the show. Yes. How about you, Patrick? Kind of the same thing. I mean, it's just, he he's he's good for like a... A quick feel-good moment here and there. I mean, they did put a couple episodes where, you know, he was sick. But for the most part, Porthos is there to give you a, oh, look at the cute little, oh, everything's blowing up. So I, I like that. I like the fact that it's something new. It's not something they've done before. Uh, and I like dogs. So it was great. I, I did find it amazing that I never realized they were mm-hmm. different dogs. There oh, has yeah. to be color changes that I didn't catch. And those are the kind of things I usually try to catch. But other than that, you know, I, I mean, I love I love the little guy, and uh, I like a lot of his episodes. So, you know, cool. I'm glad he was around. I love the addition of Porthos because I also feel that it gives another layer to Archer. 
um, who is a bit argumentative in the first half of season one. He settles down eventually, and I understand why he's that way. I understand the motivations behind that and all of that. So I think that Porthos softens him in that regard. And you're like, he's not... He's not a totally total, you know, jerk because look at the sweet little dog that he has. And I think that Porthos has had some interesting moments in contributing to the plot here and there, not in a major way, but it's one of those things if Data can have a cat and Picard can have a fish, then why not a dog? And why didn't anyone think of that before? It's one of those things that I've always enjoyed seeing Porthos, and I always will. He is never wasted Excellent. on me. Well, before we uh, proceed with our Trek FM uh, previously on here, I got us some comments from uh, episode 132 of Warp 5, which is our NASA Fantastic. episode with Tim Robertson. And uh, Patrick Carlin said, it was actually the bar on the Enterprise E and not the Titan that had the name of the uh, the Happy Bottom cl- Riding Club. Um, and it's said that Worf thinks Riker named it that before he left just to annoy him. And so I said, thank you. I knew Riker was involved somehow. So Corey Elrod says, I'll have to check this movie out. Very often the real men and women behind space exploration get overshadowed by our fictional heroes. I live right outside of Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I grew up AL, I think it's AL is Alabama, right? I'm from Canada. You got a lot of states down Mm -hmm. there. Yes. Uh, I grew up with yearly trips to the space and rocket center. It's all very fascinating. Great discussion. First Flight is one of my favorite episodes of Enterprise. Michael Parkhill says, Those were a real special breed of men. I feel very fortunate to have had a chance to interact with many of them that are no longer with us. Somehow along the journey, I shook hands and talked to eight of the 12 moonwalkers. Chuck Yeager's nephew was in a class in JTOTC class I taught, and Gordo Cooper is from my mom's hometown. I just stood by his Mercury and Gemini capsule at... Uh, at the NASA JSC today. I know John Glenn didn't care for how he was portrayed in the movie, and I also just talked this morning to a NASA scientist whose boss was in the helicopter that retrieved Grissom's capsule. The film made him look bad. NASA and he did not regard as quite a big deal as it was laid out in the film. First Flight is my favorite episode of Enterprise as well. So, yeah, we had some lots of great comments there. There's a few more, so definitely check out the feed in the Babel Conference, and if you write something down, maybe we'll get it in a future episode for you. Yeah, excellent. I love hearing people talking about space flight. So that was a fun episode. I really enjoyed having Tim on. So thanks to everyone for their comments on that one. So. Uh, but it's been really fun talking about the cutest little beagle who ever lived, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. But let's start with that first one, that siege in super space. So, oh boy, super space... I I don't know. Is this is this better than subspace? Is it? Well, I think is it this? is. I, the thing I I really love about this issue is we haven't had uh, many stories at all about super space. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Right. So okay, they're under orders. They're not supposed to talk about, it, and that's how they. That's how you maintain the continuity. That Kirk and Spock are surprised that there's a mirror universe. I mean, that works. That 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 makes sense. But these people were there. They know that there's doppelgangers there. 
because they know that because Cadet Tilly became Captain Killy, right? They know they know this. To the journey. There was a lot of face melting in this episode. You're right. <laughs> Everyone's melting. What a world! What a world! It was yeah, and everybody was slimy looking. Why were they so sweaty? Why? Seven of Nine had this full-on board queen look about her. She did, and who else was really sweaty looking? Besides Seven. Neelix was really sweaty looking. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought. he was. And he had kind of a silver tone. He had the silver he blood. He did. Chemistry. Like, he was distinguished. Distinguished melting Neelix. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he got a buff and polish. <laughs> <laughs> the 602 Club. No, I, I mean, it was really all we had was like animated shows. Like you had like the animated Batman series, the animated Superman series. And uh, as far as the big screen went, it was not so great. I mean, you had Blade. Blade was, some people cite Blade as kind of the precursor for the superhero genre picking back up. But it was very much kind of a, a genre film. I don't... I know technically it is a comic book film. I don't know if I'd count it in the realm of, like, big-budget superhero movies. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all these shows and join in the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast, which is right next to the left of the cheese. If you're an Apple TV user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts and iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating, written review, and don't feed your dogs chocolate. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 files from our website or grab the RSS link as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. And you can also find the network on Twitter at Trek FM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. So, Brandy, when you're not watching a female dog play a male dog, where can people on the internet find you? Ooh, well, you can find me many places. I'm on Twitter as BrandyWine12, which is Brandy with an I, uh, wine, and the number 12. And I'm also on the network when Discovery is dropping new episodes. We do a show called Live from the Edge at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on uh, Monday nights, the day after an episode of Discovery has aired. We only have one more to go But when now. this airs, it'll I'm have been done. So, so, yeah, you're know, actually done now. I know. Timey-wimey. <laughs> We're going do that into the future. The future is now. And so... <laughs> So when Discovery starts up again, uh, Live from the Edge will return. And if I remember correctly, the main show, The Edge, is still going to be running while Discovery is preparing for Season 2. Is that correct, Brandon? That's the plan. Excellent. And uh, I also lurk in the Babel Conference frequently. And I do a podcast with my hubby, Dave, called The Dark Corner Podcast, where we talk about stuff and things from a darker point of view. There is swearing. I swear... I swear they're swearing. So, uh, Brandon, when you are um, trying not to feed dogs chocolate, <laughs> where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network with The Edge, which is our Star Trek Discovery podcast on Fridays. You can find me in the Babel Conference, as well as over on the Fandom Podcast Network and in our own independent Yay. feed. Finally, we have Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast with my friends Chris and Tom, where we talk about all the Hitchcock movies in chronological order. And we have just one more silent film to come. So we're very excited to be finishing that up very quickly. And Patrick, where can people find you when you're not uh, barking at your master who's in a coma? Wow. <laughs> rough. Rough, um, <laughs> rough. rough. Um, no, so they can find me on uh, Facebook. I'm always hanging around the Babel Conference. I'm not nearly as busy as the rest of you guys. So it's either there or you can hit me up on Twitter at MagicDrop5. One word, the five is a number. Okay, then. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash checkfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash checkfm to get all the details. And perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. It's available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month and a great deal of time. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. And again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, we'd like to thank our wonderful patron supporters and associate producers of the show. We have Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, and Joe Saltzman. Thank you very much for supporting the show and Trek FM in general. We really, really appreciate it. That is it for this episode of Warp 5. So join us again next week for another episode. What will it be about? Uh, next week... And next week, you know, it's already recorded. It hasn't been edited yet. We've got our interview with uh, Joelle Bacazzi. Yes. Which you may say who. And she was uh, on the Canadian National Water Polo Team. So we thought we'd do an interview for water polo because that's Captain Archer's favorite sport. So that's coming up next. That's a lot of fun. And then the week after that, we have uh, Michael Wong and Emily Cutts who is on the Strange New Worlds podcast, and they'll be coming on to talk about the Zindi as a species. So that'll be a lot of fun. Excellent. So join us again next week, and boomers, keep calm and boom on. has stormy eyes that flash at the sound of lies and windy has wings to fly above the sky sorry i had to get it out